Today's episode is 179, and I am with the most infamous Nick Morales. He didn't know I was going to say this. He is one of our video production editing people that has been working here as an intern. He's done a really good job. So a little round of applause. Okay. (laughs) Um, Welcome to the Intern Whisperer. Our show is all about the future of work and innovation. And so today's Intern Whisperer tip of the week is if you're not going to be able to hire your interns, make sure that you keep in touch with them. Remember that you're establishing a relationship with people. This is another person. And mentoring goes both ways. I know that I've learned a lot from Nick and Alex and Becca, and I am so grateful to have worked with each one of you. Um, I hope the feeling is the same, but I'm not asking for that. So keep in touch with these people. Everybody has value to bring to relationships, and you never know. They could be your next hire. They could send you a customer, or they can help you solve a problem. Today's guest is Nick Morales. Um, Nick, so tell us about yourself. Five words. Oops. Five words. I would like to say I'm a, I guess, musical minded. Well, that's not really one word, but like a musician, um, creative leader. Um, another one that's not really one word, but continuous learner. I think, oh, how many shows that four or five? You're on three. Oh, three. So what was it? Enthusiastic. Enthusiastic. Yes, enthusiastic. Learner. And lead. uh, you said leader, but creative. Yes, creative. Okay, so let's go back over these words. Creative. How do you think that you're creative? What is it that you do that you think means, oh, I am so creative? Because I think I'm creative. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to like hobbies and careers per se, I like to say creative because I never, um, when when I grew up, I never seen myself like, you know, like, I guess in America, you call it like a traditional as a work to be like, I don't know, maybe like a doctor or retail mm-hmm. salesperson. But I had more like a creative mindset in terms of music, or it could be like a movie director or maybe an athlete because I did play sports growing up. So um any anywhere in that creative mindset, I just had like something for it. So, I think that's pretty good. All right, and I've seen you show uh, a lot of creativity in the things that you've done during your internship because I know we've had problems, and we've had to be able to find some really good solutions when you know somebody. We had one show. I think I don't know if it was yours. I think it was Alex's, where there was music playing in the background. And we couldn't, not music. It was a conversation. It was here in the studio. Anyway, I couldn't hear it when I was recording. I think it was your show, right? Marianne's? Yeah, it was the one that was canceled, I believe, right? Yeah, because because we couldn't separate it. So I was telling uh, Q, the station manager here, about that problem just today. And he said, oh, there is a way that you can actually separate if you have that background, uh, whatever that other video is that's playing in the background. But he said we would have to have the original file. And then when you have that, you can take it and you can fade it out so that you wouldn't even be able to hear it at all. And I thought, well, that was a really good solution. Too bad if we still had that file, I was going, man, I'd love to go back and and fix that. But I don't know what the I don't know where the original 
you know, uh, overlapping music is, is the problem conversation. It was like students that were using the studio here. And when I clicked on a link, apparently it started recording in the background, but I couldn't hear it when I was recording. It only showed up later. Anyway, the whole thing about is about you being creative and you've been able to bring some creative solutions to some of the editing process that we've had. And you're just going to continue to do that is what I think more than just that musical. Okay. So you're not, you don't play an instrument, but you're musically inclined. So why is that? What's your interest? So I grew up listening to a lot of music on my mom's sides. She, she listened to more like pop and rock. She was more like um, Lincoln Park, Three Days Grace, Paramore. Those mid um two thousands rock, alternative rock, whatever you want to call it. But I, I listened to that as a kid, and then of course pop came along. I started looking at new genres like pop, like um Timbaland, Pharrell Williams, like um the Neptunes and stuff like that. And then it just shifted to like hip hop and house. I like house music as well. And then I was I um what's interesting is that I listen to all these music, but sometimes I don't really like the artists, like the vocals. But I do like their instrumentals. So I'm just like, I want to know how to make that instrument, like recreate the instrument. So I go on YouTube because, you know, we're in the Internet page now and tutorials pop up. It shows how to make how to recreate this maybe Pharrell beat that he made. And it it shows like a step by step and it shows like um, a DAW. If you don't know what a DAW is, it's called a DAW for sure. It's a digital audio workstation. And I'm sure at Valencia they have it too, like Pro Tools, Logic, FL Studio. But I use FL Studio because that's what everyone was using, especially today. So I was like, this looks cool. I want to learn how to use um, FL Studio. So I got the trial because the, the full version was expensive. <laughs> so I had to wait until my, I think, 18th birthday. My parents got me FL Studio. And I started like making full like tracks and stuff. And that's how I came interested in music. So I would say like, Musically inclined, but not musician. Well, you like the music industry is what it sounds like. Yeah. Really like that. And because music has been such a large part of your life, you're, it looks like you're merging those two things that you do like, which is video and also music. So Mm -hmm. that's huge. That's pretty cool. Who's your favorite group now? Uh, To be honest, I don't know. Um, When it comes to producers, or or whatever band whatever you know solo not sure what do you listen to mostly hip-hop r&b pop yeah maybe depends mm. but mostly hip-hop are, do you speak spanish actually no oh. very disappointing <laughs> i always get that do you speak spanish and i was like uh no <laughs> but do you like spanish influenced music latin music yeah I like um, bachata. Yeah. Dominican. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That one's really, really good too. I like there. Okay. I'm just going to go and give this shameless plug for something else that's totally unrelated. But because you mentioned bachata, there is a place uh, in Kissimmee and in Orlando where people can go and learn how to dance salsa and bachata. Ah. So 
I had gone there and you don't have to have a partner. You can just show up and then they keep you in groups. And every three minutes you move to a new person. So they put all of the women together and then they'll have all the men and then you line up and then three minutes, boom, you go to the next person and you just keep practicing the steps. Super good. Um, they always have something called a, uh, it's a big party at the end of, I think it's every, I want to say it's a month, but I don't think so. It might even be every three months, but it's a big giant party and everybody gets together and it's a competition to see who's, who can dance the best. So there's that you might enjoy it because it has lots of Latin music, which I think rhythm and blues, you know, has influenced, or maybe it was Latin that influenced rhythm and blues. I'm not sure, but there's definitely um, some synergy between those two genres. That's mm-hmm. what I think. Okay. So your next word, continuous learner. Okay. So, yes. Examples. So continuous learner. Example, this internship in the job, this job industry, because um, I chose continuous because what I'm pursuing is video editing. And I guess you could say music as well, um, music producing. And obviously this is technology and different things can happen to like a DAW or maybe there might be a new form of like editing that or styles of editing that's going to become popular or trend in the future. For example, maybe like Motion graphics, there's a huge demand for motion graphics. Oh, my God, it's going to be so much even more by 2030. Yeah. It's going to be like second nature. And you got to learn like um, that, how to use it, like the system or the software, like After Effects mm-hmm. and stuff. Maybe like if you want to do 3D modeling too, like Maya and Unity and all that stuff is well, endless we amounts of that. things. More yeah. so by 2030, there's a lot of uh, speculation and it's not even speculation. I think it's actually happening where um, people will pay money to go watch fake people, robots do a concert or play a sport. And I go, I, I wouldn't want to go and watch robots play basketball like maybe, but how entertaining is that? Part of it is to me about being able to identify with another human that's out on the floor. And it would be the same with um, music. I, I had heard this past weekend also that they have um, in Purdue University, they were able to replicate uh, robots having the ability to replicate themselves, not replicate, to procreate. So they're not having sexual relations, but they're able to have taken frogs that have robotic gene or robotic, hmm, what would be the word that I, you know, I needed to do a better job on this one if I was going to talk about it, but it had robotic tendencies and the the frogs are able to replicate themselves just like you know like mm-hmm. in in uh, i don't know what to call it in in relationships i guess so it was very interesting and i think that's what's going to end up happening is that when we get into the future the ability to feel like you're Listening to the con- concert is going to be augmented reality, virtual reality. Obviously, you'll feel like you're be- you'll be there. You know, holograms. Boom, you're uh, right there. You know, so that re- go ahead. Yeah, that um, that reminded me of um, the holograms. I was I was thinking about that word when you're talking about it because I was going to mention of stuff like um, artists that passed away, like for example, like Coachella, Tupac, or Michael Jackson. They had hologram performances with like 
like exactly looking like them and they're just like with the what's it called the projector just them walking around on stage Michael Jackson dancing and stuff so I can see that in the future mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep um okay so when we get to this place of continuous learning do you have any particular thoughts you're going to always have to be on top of it you know obviously do you think that you're going to do like boot camps or just stay on top of whatever's trending in the market or you're going to be like always going to school or doing online school because i i think honestly uh higher ed i think that schools are going to be going away for a large part and it'll be just for those that have the money to spend to go to schools because everybody will do everything online yeah, yeah personally um because like i said like uh, early google in YouTube, that's where I learned a lot of my music production stuff and some video editing stuff. There's some good um, teachers on on out there on YouTube that helps me like edit stuff, tips and tricks, especially for the podcast. So, mm-hmm. so what do you think about podcasting? Because I know that wasn't where you were originally thinking, but podcasting is a huge industry, and it's going to be a, a way that you you know people can get in and do obviously video and editing and there's podcasts that are all about music too so you could choose that if you're going to go and do video work um you can work in the podcast music industry and still be able to you know make a really good living i think i don't know if you mm-hmm. thought about that actually i, I didn't mm, the okay. podcast for music okay well I am glad to have planted that seed. So your next word, enthusiastic, this would be your best word. You inspire me. This is my biggest takeaway from working with you is that you are so enthusiastic. I really, really have enjoyed that particular quality about you because no matter what's going on, you're just sitting here going, oh, it's going to be okay. And I went, man, I need to think more like in this case, Nick. <laughs> so enthusiastic. Why did you pick that word? Uh, I guess that's just me. <laughs> There's no other way to explain it. But every time I talk to someone and meet someone, they're like, you know, you're very positive about things. Um, at my job, my my one of my supervisors, he had um surgery, gallbladder surgery, and he was he was sad. He didn't really feel like doing anything. I told him it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be. You're going to be off the anesthesia anyway and stuff like that. <laughs> so when you wake up, it'll be all over. He was like, <laughs> thank you <laughs> for the words. So mm-hmm. but, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's just me and my personality. Is your whole family real positive also? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Oh, so it's a, you know, one of those environmental things in this instance, when you're surrounded by positive people, it only can mean that you'll be positive for sure. So that's good. Okay, leader. So you have this other side job that you do. It's a part-time job. You'll have to kind of back it up and tell our listeners what it is that you're doing. So yes, it's um resort security, security for a resort. Um, I'm just a regular security professional or officer, security guard, whatever. We have, there's so many titles for it, so security professional. I just recently became a I wouldn't say like supervisor, but I have to be supervisor. A lead? Of, Are you considered yeah. a lead? Or a lead. Yeah, I'm a lead. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I just All right. So, <laughs> so what is what is it that a security officer has to do? Because where you live, you know, I don't know. It's a distance. I know you have to drive quite a distance to get there. But what does a security officer have to do? 
And so, I've got another question for you about how video relates to security. So um, on my particular site, because there's different types of security, you can be at a guardhouse, you can be hospital security, a bouncer, I guess they would be considered security as well, or event staff. But for resort, um, what we do mainly is we obviously patrol the property, make sure there's no vandalism, anyone hanging out, you know, fights, any paraphernalia type of stuff going on. Um, And then we do like internal stuff, like if people gets locked out or they lose their keys and stuff, we have to verify the guests to make sure they're on the unit because there's sometimes there's instances where they would just break in the unit. People will try to pretend that they're in the unit and they go in, they take stuff and steal. Um, we open safes. That's a big one because we don't want a guest um, trying to open a safe and they could be money that's not theirs and stuff. Yeah. So when I first actually, this one came in my mind right now. When I first, um, I was I was like a kid. I was on the internet as a kid. Like I was always on the computer playing Xbox. I wanted to be um, like a professional um, competitive gamer. Ooh. You know, doing like Twitch streams and, you know, YouTube, streaming myself, play games on a League of Legends, Call of Duty. Yeah. Whatever. Were you any good? League of Legends? No. <laughs> I go. It, League of Legends just has an interesting uh, community, especially when you first start. <laughs> you suck. So but Call of Duty, I'm pretty good at Call of Duty. I still play Call of Duty to this day. Oh, cool. <laughs> so you would have had to have gotten a sponsor, I would think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sponsorships, ads, um, monetization. You yeah. can make money like that. Um, I but, know. but after that, it was more like content creation and then eventually, you know, music production. And then maybe realize like, you know, you know, um, I'm doing all these things. I could become like a like an entrepreneur per se, making all these businesses and brands. So it's kind of like that creative field slash entrepreneur field. I would tell you that I don't think um, one of the things I think that you should be really, really careful of is don't start them all at the same time, like me, because that's that is just for somebody that is um, not really organized. And I thought I was super organized and I still think I am, but I can see where I can always do better. But it is. This is not for the faint of heart. So make sure you keep that day job, whatever that is, as you start a business and then you can go and, you know, build it up. And when that business is making as much money as you get paid in your day job, that's when you go and quit. You don't quit otherwise. Yeah. Nope. Not at all. Anyway, but I can see you doing it. And I think you that you can actually find what you're looking for if you consolidate all of those interests together. So what you learned here was, you know, editing on podcasts, but you're also creating some ads that we're going to have going out for Cat5 Studios. And it'll be like promotional ads uh, for the event that we just that I was just at last week, the um, ITSEC conference. And then we also have some um, game video that you were going to turn into a um, an ad and you're still coordinating with Ralph. I'm going to hold you to that one. I know that this is like the end of your internship, but I'm, I still want you to finish that one up because I think it's going to benefit you honestly, but you know, you'll like Ralph and I want you to get to know Ralph also because he actually can help you, you know, find a, uh, a job and same for Alex too. 
So you guys should be racing to Ralph because I know they're hiring also. Um, the next question here. So your educational background, did you only go to Valencia or did you go somewhere else to school too? Um, in terms of colleges, but only just Valencia. I so you're over here at Valencia East campus, right? Yeah. Well, in the beginning, I started at Valencia Osceola, obviously for, you know, the rigorous courses, the basics. And then after that, maybe 2019, I started going to East campus. Mm, yeah. Well, the uh, oh, downtown semester, campus, you were at the downtown one. Or? Yeah. For, for spring semester. That's when um I went to, you know, it's crazy. I actually like the campus. It looked nice, but they were still under construction in certain parts, but that's when COVID hit. So everything went online. I, I couldn't go back to class anymore. Oh yeah. Down yeah. the downtown Orlando campus is really, it's like, Ooh, it's super, super fancy down there. Um, but the thing with Valencia, colleges it many people don't know this it is one of the fifth it is the fifth largest community college in the country with over 65,000 students that attend at multiple campuses throughout central florida which encompasses osceola um, orange um, counties i don't know if there's another county that maybe i've forgotten but they have so many different career paths so i'm giving a another little promotion for Valencia there, but um, really great school. I love, you know, getting the opportunity to be with all of the Valencia students and be in this really cool radio studio also. So I think you chose well. Yeah. So you chose, what's the name of your major? Digital media technology. And how is that defined at this school here? You said some of it is animation or motion yeah. graphics. So for digital media technology, this program, they make you go over like um basically like the, the groundworks of like every single um thing relating to like arts and stuff. So it can be graphic designing, motion graphics, actual video production. So like the grip or like how to use a camera. Equipment. Yeah, equipment. Um, post-production, which is editing, which I'm in. And um, audio, audio editing as well. So that's quite a bit. And so you in the first year of school, you get all of your general education classes out of the way, and then you get to be in the specialized courses. Yes. Very nice. That works. All right. Well, so now you're thinking you want to go into music, and that's where we were originally talking. So you can pick a music industry. I bet you would like the sports industry just as much and be able to have that video that um, love of video and we'll say motion graphics because you're going to pick that one up also and then be able to turn that into ads. And that's one of the things that you've been working on here, as well as you can go into the podcast industry. And there's another guy um, that has I don't know if you listen to his show, another Nick that, you know, we had as a guest on our show in season two, I think it was. And he has sports. It's like sports with Nick Rodriguez. Yeah, Yeah, Nick Rodriguez. Yeah. So that would be a really good um, connection for you also because you both share the first name, but, you know, there's a love of sports. And um, I think that you should connect with some of our podcast guests. You never know. All right. So let me see. Um, Most influential person in your life and why? You have two. Yes. I was saying my parents, my mom, and my stepdad. 
because um the creative like the creative industry is very hard you know compared to like other ones just because um it's not like you're with a, a company well you could be but but most of this stuff is like startups by yourself and you have to get your name out there and your brand and put in the work to get where you're at so I didn't had um I told I was pretty much set on what I wanted to do and it was like in the creative field but I didn't had any like help and some certain stuff of uh, resources I didn't have but my parents were there they supported me and they helped me um get where I'm at today very nice uh do you want to give a little shout out to your parents by name or Shout out, Jason, and shout out my mom. Okay. Yeah. Does your mom listen to the show? Uh, no, she's actually, well, however, she is um, um, enrolling. She was in Valencia, but now she's in um, UCF through Direct Connect to become a teacher herself because she wants to get out of uh, medical field. Yeah. Yeah. So. Super cool. Well, I hope that your mom listens to this particular show because you're her son and, you know, she'll want to be able to hear what you had to say. Yes. Hopefully. Okay. So why have they been so influential? I mean, I know that they supported your career, but is there anything else? Oh, they've always been there. There was always like, um, you know, emotional support whenever, um, when I'm not feeling good, they always make sure I'm there back up on my feet mm-hmm. you know just a little thing like the little parenting parenting things that they do <laughs> yeah, yeah I know that you're um you're very you have a little brother and you mentioned that you also you know I guess we'll say babysit but you know you never know the influence that you can have on somebody else's life and so your little brother he's probably over here thinking like you're super cool and, you know, you have that as another um, aspect of what it's like to be a parent. So I think you probably have yeah. deeper appreciation for your parents because of that. Yeah, I, he's he, right now he's enrolled in a STEM school and he sees me like editing stuff. And he's like, I want to I want to do that. I want to become a YouTuber. <laughs> oh, so, really? That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Does he so, know how to do anything? Have you showed showed him how to do anything yet with video editing or to uh, take video? To take videos, I, I try to, he, know, you know, what's crazy. Um, I don't even have to teach him because he looks at it himself. That's the crazy thing about internet. He goes on YouTube. He, he knows how to use OBS. He said, he goes up to me when I'm playing Call of Duty. He's like, can you help me make a video? He's like, what what video are you talking about? He's like, I, I've been playing Roblox, but I don't know how to stream on OBS. And I was like, how do you know OB, what OBS is? <laughs> he said, I looked it up on YouTube. <laughs> That's so, crazy. Yeah, yeah, you can download OBS for free. So he's like mm-hmm. ahead of the game. And look at it. He's like nine. Seven. Seven? Even yes. more so. <laughs> Seven years old. And he's already doing this. So think of how much of a lead that he's had. He's had seven years ahead of schedule of you when <laughs> I don't know how old you were when you were getting into video, but were you seven? No, 14. No. Yeah. So he, you know, he's already gonna have like whoo some serious traction there. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's crazy there. Does life exist on other planets? I know I skipped a question. Let me go back. What are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? Um, I'll say graduating, um, graduating college because I'm about to end school this month. 
mm-hmm. you know it's interesting i don't know when i actually graduate though you know like going to stage i don't know if that's for this month or i wait until like may you're gonna wait till next year i can answer that question they do uh, it in may they only do one ceremony and you'll do it in may of next year so you, even though you'll be finished with all of the courses you do need to sign up um, I can answer a lot of these questions. You do need to submit a uh, an application that you want to go on the stage and do the walk, so to speak, so that they get the diploma and all of that. And you will need yeah. to make sure that you order your cap and gown. And I think that's about it. But you do have to submit paperwork for it. So make sure you do that uh, when you go back to talk with Carrie. Um, because Carrie can help you with that. Carrie Fleming. We're going to give Carrie Fleming a little shout out because she's the one that is in career services over here at the East Campus. And she carries a lot of weight on her shoulders. She has to help make sure everybody is moving along and getting their internships and getting ready to graduate. So a little shout out to Carrie. Yep. Shout out to Carrie. Yeah. Okay. Planets. Life on other planets. What's your answer? Defend. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think there is life in other planets. Okay, why do you think that? Uh, you well, mean like humans like us or aliens or what? So I've been watching documentaries about like extraterrestrial life on other planets. I wouldn't say maybe there could be possible, I guess, like humanoid figures like us. But I do believe in stuff like maybe plant life and like bacteria and stuff like that. What are the documentaries you're watching? Is it on Netflix or Hulu or where? I believe YouTube and maybe Hulu and HBO. Mm, I don't have HBO, but I'll look for it on Hulu. I'll see what's out there. Is there one that you can recommend that I might watch or our listeners might watch? Oh, in Discovery, but I forgot the titles of them. I just know where um, streaming services. Yeah. Yeah. Discovery. I do have Discovery Channel. Oh, I don't even watch that one. Okay, I'm going to go and watch it now. Uh, all I remember is um, the narration was a British person, a British guy. Oh, <laughs> That's all I remember. Cool. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, just by virtue of the accent, they really yeah. add it, make it It'll so be, much more educational, right? Yeah, maybe Pierce Morgan, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's British. He's not. Pierce Morgan? Wait, who? Pierce Morgan. Okay, does, I don't um, know who that is. <laughs> yeah, I was watching um, like crime documentaries yesterday. So. <laughs> oh, I'm confusing Pierce Brosnan, who's an uh, actor, was a was a 007 um, with, you know, a different one, too, you know, like <laughs> totally two different people. OK, well, I'll go and look these up. Kevin Miller. So when we talked about, you know, I asked you guys to all pick four episodes, four particular people that you really found interesting. You picked Kevin Miller as one of your four. Why did you pick Kevin? What was so interesting about Kevin? Because you do need to kind of let our listeners know what we're talking about. Kevin is in the um, virtual reality industry and specifically in the healthcare aspect of it, the healthcare industry, where it was being able to replicate doing surgery in a controlled setting so that I, what I loved is like the hands, just the hands floating in the air. If you were able to watch it on video, it was really cool because you don't see anybody. You just see hands in a glove and they're doing the surgery. So funny. <laughs> what did you uh, think was interesting? So, oh, not only think that I think it's interesting, but I think it's a, an important episode to watch 
especially in times like coronavirus mm. and in case to prevent another um like a pandemic or epidemic or something god knows what in the future happens mm. we have um and you know we're s- separate i think it's good to have that virtual reality aspect and augmented um help like um the ai assistance i believe you mentioned in the episode mm-hmm. to help you get patients in booked and checked on i think that's why it was important because um yeah we don't know when there's going to be another like stuff like a uh, COVID happens no you know a lot of the the courses that they offered were in um, surgery. Those were the ones that I remember seeing. And it was, to me, one of the ways that certainly people working from home, to your point, they could be practicing in a safe setting where they wouldn't have to worry about being in a classroom setting. Um, I don't think anything beats doing uh, some, some practice surgery on a cadaver you know, working with a real human subject, it's not quite the same as doing it on video or in virtual reality, which is a simulated video, you know, replicate replication of it. But I can see huge value in starting there and then moving to cadavers and then going to like, you know, humans, because I would want to know that somebody has practiced that incision very carefully so that they'll know that oh my god they just hit a, a vein and like there's blood yeah. spurting everywhere you know that could be scary and they can make those those learning applications very realistic at the itsec conference that i was just at last week there was all types of virtual reality going on and also um simulated and well augmented reality, virtual reality, simulations, and they had um, mannequins, humans, and they also had like a a dog that could sniff out, you know, bombs. And they looked real. They looked real, like they're breathing. You can see the chest of the, either the animal or the mannequin, the human mannequin moving. Mm -hmm. They can talk, they can make noises, they can do all kinds of stuff. And that's what was super crazy about it. What Kevin's company that he works with does is they make that experience feel very real. And I think that's like very, very interesting. Yes, I agree. So you picked David Washington as one of your other people that you wanted to focus on. Why David Washington? Well, he, he talked about a story that made him interested in politics. And me personally, I was never interested in politics until maybe like 2016, the 2016 election with- um, Is that Donald, when you got to vote? Uh, 20, no, I wasn't, I was 16. Oh, okay. Wait, that's when um, Trump got elected, right, 45? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was 16, so I couldn't, anyway. <laughs> okay. but, but it was just from like, maybe like a, a media perspective on how I see things because I never seen um someone get slandered because because to be honest when I when I saw when I heard of Trump I was thinking about like my kid like he was in WWE fighting Vince McMahon and the apprentice and stuff and he seemed I guess he seemed like a well like guy back back then but so I was interested um when he became I was interested in politics like what's the what's the deal with this guy and and uh all the stuff that was going like it's it was crazy so and I think he has um David Washington has an interesting story and in how he got into politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I really like talking with David because he, you know, he'll work with either a Democratic or Republican candidates. Um, he, one of the things that's interesting is that if you it's better, I think, if you have that same political leaning towards one of those sides or undecided, whatever, um, when they go in there, these political consultants, they are working with them. They have to believe, just like an attorney would in many ways, that what the values are, the the points that they're wanting to defend, the whatever their agenda is as to what they say they will do while they are in office, that's all really significant. And they have to do quite a bit of background um, checks on these candidates to make sure that they don't have something that's going to show up later and be a uh, an issue, such as they get arrested for something, right? You don't want to have that as a surprise. So in many ways, I think politics run a similar uh, path, a parallel um, path going the route of the legal realm, because politics are built around passing bills and things that are about laws and and regulations. So it does make sense that people should have a pretty good understanding of law, of what it takes to um, keep a government economically sound and being able to defend the borders. There's a lot of variables there. Police, economy, you know, protection, being able to, you know, get everybody all on the same page, communication. It's a hard job. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that about him. All right. So we're going to take a real quick break here for Cat5 Studios to uh, talk about our sponsor. The Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios, who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. Visit Cat5 Studios for more information to learn how Cat5 Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat5 Studios. Right. So we're back to our show. This part of the show is all about the future of jobs and industries, but we're going to talk about two more episodes. So Nick, you mentioned Joseph Simmons. Why Joseph Simmons? Joseph Simmons. I believe he was in a kind of similar field with David, right? Well, he's he's an entrepreneur. Now you picked him, so you need to know who he is, but he started a business and it was about entrepreneurs be able to find their passion and be able to see if their passion, their idea would have legs under it and if they could actually make money on this. So he started his own academy that was focused on that. And he had worked with really big companies like Johnson & Johnson and some other really global enterprise companies and learned quite a bit. What I found interesting about him is he talked about how he had grown up in the, the mountains of Virginia. And he was from a very poor family. And then he became somebody uh, that put himself through school and um, is now a really very, very successful business person. He's a joyous person, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm going to cut this out. But, yeah, I had that exactly what you said on my show notes. But I kind of got him because you said it was interesting because I was going to try to tie something in. Like, cool. I was going to say. um, Whatever you want. Yeah. I was going to say, I found um, Joseph Simmons' episode interesting because um, this the company that we're in, E4C, is based on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And he brought up um, statistics about, you know, the country is having like a racial change by 2045. 
yeah, I was looking at that too. Um, if you go on Pew, I believe, or it's called PEW. Yeah, research. Pew, it's Pew Foundation, the Pew yeah. Trust. It's a family um, that has huge amounts of money, and they put all kinds of research out there in the fields that you're describing. You know, social justice as well as education and the future, all kinds of great stuff. Mm-hmm. Really glad that you're mentioning that. Yes, I use them because I was interested in like demography and demographics and stuff like that. And not only that's going to be very racially diverse, but it's going to be very racially mixed. Like we're going to have a lot more biracial people, mixed oh, people yeah. like myself. So you know, have you seen that new uh Facebook metaverse video where there's the four yeah. kids and I sat there and I went, they don't look like any one particular race. They all look like they're blend. I'm going, they could be Asian, they could be Hispanic. They could be Caucasian. They could be black. I mean, they all look the same. You don't see diversity as much as you see it all blended together. Yes. Yeah. So when you're saying biracial, that was the first thing that came into my head is that commercial. The metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> That's a crazy one. All right. And you also picked our Thanksgiving gratitude episode. Why that one? So this one was more um, not only learning the history of Thanksgiving, but having more like creative time to try to do stuff with the episode and from what we usually do on our podcast. Yeah. Because there was no guest. It was just me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So So you had to be super creative with that one. What did you do for that episode? Now, this is not something that people can, can see unless they're watching the video side of it. So you had to work extra hard on the creativity when it came to the, the video side of it. Of however that was handled, and I'll let you explain it. But on the audio side, I wish we had Matt Miller back and we could have done some special cool sound effects. Yes. Okay, so, so the, what did you do? So we I try to find like a nice um background image for when the speakers, because we had speakers talking to interview by um, Becca. So I put like different like images. Originally it was supposed to be like background music but there was some audio issues with that as well um i was thinking about sound effects but we were on a really tight schedule so i didn't have time to like revise and add some new stuff in but uh, a lot of audio stuff because we had some issues with the interviews audio so i had to make feel like these you know audio tech nerd, nerdy type of stuff like mm-hmm. eq it make it louder make it clearer yeah and, Just so our listeners know, Becca, who is our associate producer, went out and she did some interviews on the street and she was able to get um, really good, good interviews. However, we didn't have a really strong mic. We didn't have the person speaking mic'd up. And I think the answer how to solve that is to hand the phone with the microphone to that person so they could have spoken directly into the phone. But, you know, that was a lesson learned. So you're right. It did take a lot of creativity to play with that and try and balance out the sound and amplify Mm -hmm. some areas where it needed to be. It was a challenge on that one. But the message was good. Yes. I like the the future in the episode when you talk about the meat industry. And there's a lot of humans on Earth. So imagine like trying to, you know, go to a lab and try to make a lot of yeah, meat it's not going to be turkeys anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, only the wealthy will eat meat. It will end up being that everything is plant-based turkey. <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever that's going it, to, it'll taste like it. <laughs> so that is super cool. 
the future of the industry and the jobs in 2030. So when I was looking up some of the research for that, what I found, and this was amazing to me, that's why I like video so much. The global film and video market is actually in this year, well, last year in 2020 was 234.9 billion. That's a lot of money that people are spending to produce video and people are consuming it. So people, I I don't know about you, but I don't think people read nearly as much as they should. They rely on video and also on podcasts or anything that's audio so they can just listen to it. And then that becomes what I hope it becomes is a place where people go and still question it and say, how much of this is real? Because I think people tend to just trust, oh, it's on video and audio. So it must, like it's on the internet and must be true. So I don't think that's a, a good thing to do. But what's amazing to me is that this industry is going to continue to grow. And so by 2030, it's estimated that it's going to be $410.6 billion. It's almost doubling. So I think you chose a really good career path, Nick, to be in video and to stay on top of it so that you can be, you know, capturing, you know, a healthy income because people Mm -hmm. are just hungry for it. Mm -hmm. That was interesting. The other fun fact that I found was by Jack Ma. He's the CEO of Alibaba Group. And he said, if we do not change the way we teach, we will be in trouble 30 years from now. The only way the upcoming generations can challenge machines is through a new method of teaching for optimization and competitive skills. It is predicted that robots could replace 800 million jobs by the year 2030. So education is our biggest challenge that we have. And I totally agree with that. I was thinking of all of the things that a robot could do in place of a human. So robots, let's talk about like what it is that you went to school for, right? Could a robot produce a video? Do you think? Do you see that? There's no right or wrong answer, honestly. Mm, I feel like it has to be a human. So why do you think it would have to be a human? Well, if robots can replicate, I'm sitting here going, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's going to be, what was that Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) movie that where it's like the end of times and the robots are Terminator Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking it's going to be like, I didn't ever watch that movie, but um, I think it's going to be like robots are going to be super, super smart at some point in time. Mm -hmm. I feel like from maybe like a, a learning standpoint as what I know from like video and film and stuff is that, telling telling a visual story has a lot of I guess like emotion to it along with the creativity mm-hmm. even though like AIs can be smart and stuff but when t- you can't put together like a, a story that's um very telling to a person yeah. or the audience it's hard to be able to give robots emotions right mm-hmm. I mean we see movies with it and at some point in time maybe they can figure that out I don't know if it'll be by 2030 and I mean humans but I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of possibilities where I think that a robot could fit into the, in this industry is um, because they do that right now. They send robots to other planets, right? The moon, Mars, wherever. And it would, they will send a robot out and it's there to take pictures. And there's this other um, video Hubble. Is it Hubble? I'm not sure. Um, there, there is this other space 
You know, I, I am not. I, even, I think I know what you're talking about because they yeah. had like and it recently new images. Through the universe. It's not a rocket or anything like that. Oh, it's like the telescope looking thing. Yeah. The yeah, telescope. yeah. 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 And so it's taking video the whole time. And so there's this place. Is it is it a human that's actually doing this? No, but a human had to program it so that these robots can go out there. And so I think that a lot of times people think robots are going to be like human looking when they're not at the ITSEC conference, there was robots that looked like a dog and they were like, you know, four legs and they're like yeah. walking around and they're following you and everything. It's a little bit creepy to be honest, because I'm going, okay, well, do you want me to pet you? And so I, <laughs> now I know there's a human over here way over on the side and he's um, making this robot do things. However, I do think it's possible where robots could be, you know, taking taking pictures or taking the video and then it's, you know, being able to be processed even more quickly. Uh, robots are not going to just look like humans is the point would, of that. Would you include robots as drones too? Because I know they do that in the military. It's like they take. Yeah, those are. Yeah. So I, I feel like drones, the purpose of a drone is more of transportation and being able to move things around. However, when you put a camera on it, then it becomes, is that considered a robot? I, I'm not exactly sure. Is it just a way of doing surveillance? I'm not sure if what I, even how I'm describing what robots um, could do is, is in that space of video. But I think it's possible. Mm -hmm. I think everything's possible yeah. for us to just figure out how could a robot take pictures. And it could be that it looks like a human type person and they're out there and they're shooting video uh, in maybe like a war setting or something like that, just so that it can take that video and send it back. And another robotic device could process it so that humans could see something safely. There's all kinds of um, radioactive at Chernobyl and then some of these other places in the world where the radioactivity is so high due to the nuclear fusion that, you know, everything melted down. So they can only send robots in to go and look at this and see, is it safe? It's not like they can send a person in there or an animal because they aren't going to come back. It's not a safe environment. So I think that's really where we would see more of things that could be a robot being used to take video that's sent back to to us. Yeah. Maybe that's not a robot. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it seems Maybe to fall under it. The the back get a huge blow. I think it's not a telescope. I think it's called like a satellite image. We we have like thousands of those orbiting around our planet. That's what from what I read. And it just images everywhere, images in the planets, other planets. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> all right. When we come over here and we're looking at, well, we talked about robots, augmented reality, virtual reality. I feel like that's going to be more of how we see um, the intersection of what video will be. So making me feel through video that I'm actually in that place, like an augmented reality. Uh, that's one of the things that happens down at Orlando Game Space, where I work from. And there's a company called Brand XR, and it's a marketing company, and they can take different types of images and make it feel very immersive when you take your phone over it and it comes back as a video that you feel that you're like you're right there in it. 
I think that's the way that most people should be going. And I guess I would say, Nick, I think that you should be looking at, aside from motion graphics, you might consider even where does video and augmented reality and virtual reality intersect? And that might end up being something that you go, oh, I want to go in that direction. That's an interesting take. Okay. Well, just remember that later down the road. What is your best mentoring advice? Because I know we're at the end of the show here. What is the best mentoring advice that you want to pass on to our listeners? Um, always continue to learn because the more you learn, the more you grow as well. So that's solid. You can't go wrong with it. And how would you like our listeners? Don't give out your email address unless you really want to be hit with a lot of stuff. How can our listeners contact you? Do you have a website? Is there a particular social channel? I swear I could not find you on Instagram or anywhere. So I don't think you have social presence. Well, you do on LinkedIn now. Yes, I have a LinkedIn. I do have a Twitter. I just made a new Twitter just because I'm at the end of my school and it's always good to have a Twitter because I've been applying jobs, LinkedIn, video related stuff, and they always want a Twitter. So Mm -hmm. I have a Twitter as well. I just made it so you can give me a follow there too. Okay. Um, So what's your Twitter handle? Nick Morales FX. Okay. Is there an underscore or anything there? No, it's just one line. But I have to check that. Because FX. (laughs) Okay. Yes. And then what is, you're on LinkedIn. It says Nick Morales also. All right. Yes. We're going to get a headshot tomorrow. So it goes up on that page too. So people know who they're going to be connecting with. Well, that's really, really good. And do you have a portfolio or anything else that people can, a website or anything? Yes. Um, right now, my, my, my website's currently under construction, but I have a Vimeo page. It's Nicholas Morales. I'll put that there as well. Okay, cool. So we want to say thank you to our sponsor, Cat5 Studios, and thank you to the production team, Becca Coffee, associate producer, video and audio editing, Steve Meese and Ayana Sanders, and our video interns who are no longer interns. They actually get to graduate and be video editors. Nick Morales and Alex Teal, music by Dave Francis, Sophie Lloyd, Charles Fleming, and Elijah Sutton, and our sound effects by Matt Miller, Miguel Sintra, and Dave Francis. Please visit employers for the number four change at www.e4c.tech to learn how you can create real diversity and inclusion culture while scaling your people for the future of work. 